I want to read from John chapter 14, verse 26. It mentions how that the Lord would not leave us comfortless. He would not leave us as orphans, but he would send us a comforter. He would send us a paraclete. He would send us one called alongside to help. And in the, that's the verse, verse 26, John 14, verse 26. But I want to read what's in the margin, or then, you know, the margin of my Bible here. It says the Greek word used here is parakletos, a technical word that could be translated defense attorney. It means one called to stand next to you as a helper. Various translations have rendered this counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager, intercessor or helper. Various translations have rendered this counselor, comforter, so glad it didn't say harasser, (laughs) condemner, shamer, guilter, right? Accuser. Didn't say that it said comforter, advocate, encourager, not discourager. I don't care. Now, I'm not advocating practicing and living in sin. But if that's where you're at tonight, guess what? If there's any impression, if there's any voice, if there's any feeling, if there's anything that's discouraging you and trying to keep you out of worship, I just want to tell you, that's not the Spirit of God. And I don't have a problem in the world with godly sorrow. Oh, wow, I did that, and I really feel bad. Great. Thank God. Your conscience is working, and mine is too. Hallelujah. Thank God. Oh, wow, the Holy Spirit's bringing some correction. I don't feel so great about that. But he's given me hope. Even in the midst of that mess that you know as well as I do, if we had a video playing up here on Sunday morning, this might be your last Sunday. (laughs) Like, Lord, I know you forgive me, but I ain't going back there. Uh Uh-uh. Because I know the the minds of men are not like the mind of God. The minds of men sometimes just can't handle it. And they don't look at you the same. But you know what? Bless God. Throw that mess off like I don't care what you look at me or not. I'm not talking about y'all to me. I'm talking about any, any sinner or anybody forgiven. Like, you know what? That's a bunch of mess. That's, a, that's not what my advocate is saying. That's, what, that's not what the one that died for me is testifying about right now. He's saying, I'm forgiven, I'm restored, I'm clean, I'm good. And he's working in me to will and to do of his good pleasure. So you got off in other pleasure, like, oh yeah, it's good. But then you ate the fruit of that later, like, oh God. Thousand times over, I wish I wouldn't. Dear Lord, I didn't know I was going to wreck things like this. But you know what? In the face of that, you're the very, we, not us and them and you. No, we, we are the very ones that he spoke of in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, 8, and 10, that he died for the ungodly. When we were sinners, when we were enemies in our mind, it was the ungodly, not some little Dudley Johnny do-good that's in church all his life. No, the ones that he knew. Now you're going to get up in some mess. And it's going to cost you. But I've already paid the price. And if you listen to me, I'll get you out of that. And I'll keep you right on track. Because my gifts and my callings are without repentance. And you, you need to quit entertaining, entertaining that stupid talk in your head. Woe is me, oh, I wish I had. No, I'm so bad. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Hey, you don't have to tell him I'm sorry 800 times. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about being hard-hearted or just callous and just practicing sin and loosey-goosey. No, I'm talking about walking by faith and walking in boldness in what he paid the price with his life for us to, to stand up in and walk in and say, thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. And I'm not sin conscious. I'm conscious of you. I'm conscious not of what I did, but I'm conscious of what you did. I'm conscious not of what I've done, but what you've done. And I'm going to magnify that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to let my mind rest on that. Amen. Amen. And if you live it all holy and everything, like, well, I don't need this. It's like, well, I don't believe that. <laughs> you might one day. Right? <clears throat> See? <clears throat> I don't want to go to meddling, right? You remember Peter, right? No, Lord, I'll go to the death with you. I won't deny you, Lord. I'm ready to die for you, like... Dude, you're going, to be, you're going to deny me before the night's over. But I prayed for you. And when you return, yes. when you return, yes. Yes. Mm, he's the God of the turnaround. When you have return, I shall return. Who's the general that said that? I shall return. Don't return. What's that? Thank you. You don't return in some mealy mouth. No, bless God, I'm returning in the boldness of God. Got the clothes of the Holy Ghost. Got my belt of truth, my breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, shoes shod with the gospel of peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Walking in boldness and victory. Why? Because I'm walking by faith. Remember about four or five months ago when I was right over here and I was saying, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. All you got to need to do is just make that adjustment. I'm walking by faith. I'm not walking by feeling. I'm not walking by what happened, what somebody said, what somebody thinks about what I did or didn't do. I'm walking according to what he did and what he says about me. And I'm going to walk in that by faith. We don't have a thing in the world to do with feelings. I may feel just as much like a scoundrel or a dog or whatever as I did two weeks ago, eight months ago, three minutes ago. And that has absolutely nothing to do with the blood. Has absolutely nothing to do with what he did. Might have something to do with what you did. Now, you've already walked off in some darkness, right? If that's us, right? Already walked off in there. So you don't want to walk off even, even further by meditating and entertaining about what you did and all this. And like, well, I just, I'm feeling this and I don't feel that. You're probably going to be drunk again. Next week, if you stay with that mess. Now, I'm not prophesying that. <laughs> we don't have to redact it. But you say, I, I don't, that ain't me. I'm not receiving that one. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but, 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 a word to the warning, right? A word, word, word. Word to the wise. What, what, somebody say it. I don't even. He is using the foolish things to confound the wise. I can quote that one. What a word. Word of the wise sufficient or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, you know what that says? It says, behold the terror of the Lord. That's Paul that wrote all the redemptive realities, all the in him truths. He said, behold, the terror of the Lord. And he's talking about warning men, women, of the wrath to come, of the day 
of the Lord. He took it pretty seriously. And it wasn't just, I mean, it, it was like, hey, he's the one that penned by the Holy Ghost. You were blessed with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You were blessed. Woo. You, everything belongs to you in Christ. He'll meet all your riches, meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. So what are we trying to get to? What's the point we're trying to get to? Word of the wise sufficient, right? But, but, sometimes there is like, hey, 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 you're not listening to him. You keep overriding that. Just because the destruction hadn't happened yet. Don't be deceived and lulled to sleep. Thinking you're getting away with something. You're not getting away with nothing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's only the mercy of God Preach it. that the garbage hadn't come out. That's right. yeah. That's if that's what you're in. I don't have any person in here in my mind, just so you know, but I'm assuming maybe he does. <laughs> now I know I know it's you, Lord, but I still get get him, Pastor Bill. Get him. Get him. Uh oh, uh oh, my Lord, it's coming, it's coming. Praise the Lord. No, yeah. So what are we what are we what are we saying? Just as much as there would be a warning, just as much, just as much as there would be a warning to like, hey, if you're walking in darkness, like, hey, Jack, you better step back or that. Just as much if you've walked in darkness, you've repented, and now you keep mealy-mouthing, golly-gagging around with condemnation and just spewing what you feel and seem so distant from God. Man. Thank you. Whoever said that. Is that you, Sandy? No. You would say that, right? Yeah. Stay with what he says about you. I heard this many years ago. When I say what he says about me, it changes the way I feel. Right? So, let's get... Yeah, so, so say what he says about you. Don't dishonor his blood like that. That's, that's an encouragement. That's not a condemnation. <clears throat> Don't dishonor his blood like that. I remember hearing Mark Hankins say one time <clears throat> that he saw some mother at Disneyland with her kid. Y'all heard him tell that? <clears throat> And the kid was, wasn't acting like they weren't having a good time. And that mother said, come on. So that I paid too much higher price for you to be acting like that up in here. You're going to have fun. <laughs> Amen. It's like, no, you're not doing that. Walk around, pucker out lip. No, we're going to have fun. Come on. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let me, let me finish this here. I love this here right here. Oh, my goodness. Ah, so let me pick up here without reading the whole thing. It says, he is the one, talking about the Holy Ghost, he is the one who guides and defends, comforts and consoles. Keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of Christ, our Savior. And it lists some, yeah, this the Aramaic word I'm not even going to try to pronounce. It says, which is taken from two root words. And it means to end, finish, or to save. It means to end, finish, or to save. And then the other part of the word means the curse, right? To end, finish, or save. And then it says, what a beautiful word picture. The Holy Spirit comes. Listen to this here. The Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives. Ooh, it's about to get good. And to save us from its every effect. A redeemer who ends the curse. The Holy Spirit comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives and to save us from its every effect. A redeemer who ends the curse. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Amen. 
So whatever you believe in, whatever you've been tempted to believe, whatever you've been thinking, entertaining, uh, got to keep living with this or that. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm so regretful. So, hey, you don't have to go there. You don't have to stay there. Put it that way, you don't have to stay there. Now, if you look in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. <clears throat> and I'm going to read in chapter 2, verse 5, I believe. Ephesians 2. And this, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> this is similar to those scriptures I quoted earlier over in Romans chapter 5 about he came to save the ungodly, etc. Right? Even when we were... Even when. Even when. When? Then. Thank God. Whew. What a good Savior. Then. When? Then. Right? So if that's, if that's when, if, is this making sense? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if he saved me when, right? When, when was when? It was then. It was then. Then made it look so pretty. But, my Lord, there's the fourth man in the fire with you. Are you going to dishonor him? Do you think he just showed up for no reason? No. Oh, I'm here to have a pity party with you. And, 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 and let's, let's entertain the devil's thoughts and really get you depressed. <laughs> right? And totally frustrate my grace. Totally grieve the Holy Spirit. Totally frustrate my grace. At least that moment or that hour. Totally waste that hour of life. Right? So I'm doing. I'm seeking with Him to talk you out of that. <laughs> right? To accept your free gift. Amen. It's free gift. And I know you're believers, and I know you know that. But I also know that you know that cognitively right. <laughs> in your head. And I know you know it in your heart, too. But it's like we want that light to keep shining, especially if you need it, right? So when? It was then. That's why, ooh, he's there with me. Glory to God. If it hadn't been for him, man. Okay. So, so I remember coming upon these verses probably a year or so ago, <clears throat> with my wife and talking with some other people. We were actually doing a marriage group, but this would fit in here. Because I, I read in the same verse I've read so many times before, Ephesians 5, verse 25, and we'll, we'll go to 2. I'm just quoting 5, 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives. Husband loves your wives even as... How? Even as Christ loved the church, when? Then. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll, I'll put her first. I'll let her, we'll get, let her order her food first. I'll prefer her, you sit here, I'll go start her car. How about when and then? Because starting a car and letting her take the first juice or whatever, that may be loving like I do. Because I'm just an easygoing guy. But like, oh man, what'd you say? I didn't like that tone. Hmm. I'm glad it ain't up on that screen. Glory to God. Now, do you, do you want equal time? Do you want time? Uh, she, she didn't, did you? Thank God, man. Joking. Okay. So, what does that mean? Husband, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. Even as. When? Then. Maybe when it ain't pretty. That's the love of God, Romans 5, 5. Oh, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you go use it? You're just going to sing about it, right? Come on. 
Work it. <laughs> Let it work. Right? Let that love work out of us. Let it work in me. I don't have to try to work nothing. It's working in me. To willing to do of his good pleasure. I wasn't willing. Oh, now I'm willing. Wow, how'd that happen? He's working. Right? So, that's the context, right? So, chapter 2, verse 5 says, Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us, even when, he, and this is how I'm to love my wife. And if that's applicable to you, then so be it. But I'm not just talking about husband and wife right now. I'm talking about you loving your neighbor. And I'm talking about you loving the Lord and loving yourself. Right? So even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings. My fault. Uh, I'm trying to rationalize, trying to think, oh, it wasn't my fault, or this is how I wouldn't have done, never done that. No, <laughs> by my own shortcomings. That's what that scripture says. As to Christians, y'all know, right? That is Christians. And it was in their BC days, but still, still applicable, right? Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. I got the love of God in me. I've got his love, his nature, and his ability. You going to love your life like that? You going to love your brother like that? Just did something real stupid? Or the next day, is he going to love you like that when you just did something, got on his nerves royally? I got the love of God. How strong are you? Right? How strong is that working in you? Right? Okay. Forgot I could take this with me. Old school. <laughs> <clears throat> he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve. So you, so you don't have to reason and pretend and try to make it like you did. Just like, no, I did it. Devil ain't going to argue with you. Mm -mm. I'm not going to have a conversation with you, but I'm not going to get in an argument with you. Deny like, no, I was guilty as the day is long. Like, he can't do nothing with that. If I'm not trying to rationalize things, trying to justify myself, like, oh, no, uh-uh. It was, yeah, it, it, yeah. I got favor and mercy I didn't deserve. He can't, he can't do nothing with that. Because I'm relying on Christ's work, not my work. I'm resting in his work, not my work. And he can harass and hiss all he wants. Like, it's just a bunch of noise. Right? I'm keeping my mind stayed on him. So, get to this part here down here. It says, <clears throat> verse 5, His favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. I got to that part in that day in that, Bible, that marriage group. I wasn't more expecting that. Any, and like that little, I saw that and a little quickening by the Holy Spirit. And didn't anything come to mind specifically, but it was just like, you go to, Love your wife to where she's delivered from your judgment? Well, that hurt my feelings. That made me mad. I didn't like that you did that. You always do that. You never do that. Right? In other words, we're talking about even when it is someone's shortcoming, their own fault. Right? Can we live with one another 
in such a way that guess what? I'm actually being conformed to his image. That means I can be with you. It is a little tougher, I know, if it's a real relationship with emotions right in the middle of those emotions right there. I'm not just sitting talking counseling somebody, <laughs> you know? Like, no, you're, you're right there in the midst of it, whatever the situation is, but you know what? That's the call tonight right there. You strong in the Lord? I got signs, wonders, miracles, and power working all in me. <clears throat> Can you do this? And this has nothing to do with you manning up or womaning up, big girl britches on or whatever. It has nothing to do with that. Because if you try to do it that way, pff, you're already falling on your face anyway. This is talking about a strength that's already on the inside of you, at minimum, it's available to you. And I should really, to be more truthful, I should say, yeah, the Holy Spirit's in you. But if you want to walk with this heart and walk deeper in that, you're going to have to have some communion with that union. You're going to have to have some intimacy with him. You're going to have to spend time with his heart and his, him spend time with you. And as a result of spending time with that one, you will, his nature will quicken you and that nature that's already inside of you, it will resonate even more. It will get strengthened and the next thing you know, you'll be like, where did that go? I was struggling with that. I was holding on to that resentment. I was holding on to that unforgiveness. I was holding on to that forgiveness, that bitterness. And now, it's gone. And then I'm quoting, somebody get on the piano. <laughs> Isaiah 10, 27, and the yoke shall be destroyed because... I went to some counselor. No, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Right? And that anointing was working in me. Making me conform to his image. The one who died for us. And he said, greater love than no brethren or sister than this, than that they would lay down their lives for one another. And that's not just preferring here, you go first. <clears throat> right? So we could go on, we won't for time's sake. Verse 8 says the same thing. It roughly talked about being delivered from judgment. But I encourage you, walk, walk in that, walk free. Well, hear the call. Hear the call. Hear whatever he's saying to you. Will you walk in that? You're free from judgment. You know, I talk with different people in counseling. Some people like my personality. It's like, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Woo Hallelujah. Man, I'm free. We were going to lunch. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about haphazard, lackadaisical, just stew, right? Or just, you know, cheap grace. No, I'm not talking about that. It's just like, I don't know. It's just that, that natural part of me. It's just sort of like, thank you, Lord. I believe you. Praise God. Man, you just love me. But then I talk to other people sometimes, like, you know, just giving examples it varies, but, you know, eldest child, a very responsible, very driven person, very, I mean, like one of the most dependable, high-achieving people you can get. It's like, man, ooh, pl please, can we be on the same team? Because I'm probably going to win if I'm with you, right? <laughs> but on occasion, some of those people, like, I know if I'm talking with them, i got to go a little different route with the Holy Spirit to try to work and soak that 
forgiveness and grace and mercy in there as opposed to just, oh, just, just let it go. Just give it to the Lord. Because like, they'll still be a part of them. And it's not the voice of God, and it's not the Holy Spirit, but it's their own conscience, and it's their own temperament, and their own personality. They've got to do things right, got to, got to uh, achieve, got to give it all you got. And, I mean, and those are admirable qualities. It's like the Martha thing, right? We couldn't make it without Martha's. Thank God for Martha's, right? But push to extreme, it's like, Martha, you need to quit quit cleaning house, you need to get over here with Mary. Set your agenda aside. Set your strengths that you found on your strength finder aside. <laughs> quit trying to win. Just get over here and worship. <laughs> no condemnation. <laughs> Praise God. Just trying to Throw out little foxes, right? Uh, that, that could get you tripped up. That could get you entangled, right, by those things. So let's go to Ephesians 4. So when we were starting earlier, talking about, okay, if there's some people here that maybe you've done something wrong to others, or what about if you had something done wrong to you, right? <clears throat> Do you have to live forever, and I understand about trauma stuff, I understand about brain stuff to some degree, right? <clears throat> understand how you can forgive somebody, you can walk in love, and yet still by memories or by areas or something get triggered and like, uh, those feelings are there, I understand that. <clears throat> but you know what, you don't have to not feel what you feel to walk by faith. You don't have to not feel what you feel to walk by faith. And that doesn't mean, oh, God, I'm in bondage to that. I'm trapped with that. No, your brain's just working, but it's telling you some, some information that's not, no longer useful. And by the Holy Ghost, at least according to this verse we're about to read, you can be free from that. Not by me, but by him. Uh-oh. All right. Go. Was Ephesians 5 said, Husband loved your wives, wives submit. And another verse said, submit one to another. All right, someone submit. Okay, so let's read this. Okay, Ephesians 4. Oh, I don't need this. Okay. 29. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. I'd say for your own progress as well. I don't think that would be unscriptural to say that. Right? As is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him. Is that possible? For believers to do that? Yes. It must be. By whom you were sealed, Mark branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption. A final deliverance through Christ from evil. Look there. For the day of redemption, a final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Now here's the verse right here. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind one to another. Why in the world, why in the world, why on earth would anybody be bitter? Why on earth would anybody have resentment? Right? We could go on. What's the answer? They did me wrong. 
legitimately. But you mean it's possible to be free from the consequences of that? And to walk my mind is free? That's not hanging on in my soul? When I see this person or that person or this situation or whatever, I'm just free. I'm unmoved. Turn this into a marriage thing real quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. Can, are you still passing judgment secretly, privately on your spouse? Right? Maybe not so much in what you say, but maybe in what you don't say. Maybe not so much in what you do, but what you don't do. Instead of turning toward them, like, yes, I'm open to you. It's like, eh. No, I can't. No, I don't. I can't. No, I can't. Turn it away. I don't have time. I'm unavailable. Right? Well, yeah. So thank God. Thank God there's a way to be free. Thank God I believe he's speaking to us tonight. Amen. He wants us free. I want to challenge you. We're still going to read some more, a little bit more here. But I want to challenge you. What does it mean to be conformed to his image? Let me just... I absolutely am so blessed we are in this church, right, to where the, (laughs) the gifts of God go on to the degree they do, so easy, popping off, right? But, you know, according to 1 Corinthians, I'm not saying that's our case, right? But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the first three verses, talks about it's possible to speak in tongues and just be a clanging symbol, give our body to be burned, give everything we have, Right? to feed the poor, have faith to move mountains. And if we don't have love, nothing. And that's just, it's, that's more, that's closer to Matthew 7 that I'll quote here in a minute than I'm comfortable with. When those people came and said, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do this? And he's like, I never knew you. There's a real relationship, right? So he wants our works to be of profit. He wants the end, the reward, to not just be wood, hay, and stubble, but to be gold, silver, precious stones, right? Good things. That same chapter says, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. And I spoke as a child. (laughs) So why would I speak as a child? Because I reason as a child and I think like a child. right? So in this area that we're talking about tonight, it's talking about can you do the hard thing in the hard place. That's the same thing, that, that same chapter I was quoting a while ago, Matthew 7, about the false prophets. Verse 24 through 27 says, the rains came, the floods came and all that. The house that was built upon the, the, the stone, it, it stayed, the one that was on the sand, it crumbled, right? What do we do in, when it's hard? And I wouldn't say it's hard on the Holy Spirit. It just might be hard on this right here. Right? So before we run out of time, let me, let me share a few, few things. Same, same line of thought, but just some things that, um, that came on my heart the other day when we were praying. And so uh, for time's sake, we won't read it, but just let me, let me mention, you know, the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon is where there was a, a guy... Onesimus, he was back in those days, there's like a lot of slavery going on in Rome, 
a lot of the population was. And this guy ran away, right? And so what we see here is we see uh, uh, Paul, in essence, he's filling the role of an intercessor, if you will, on Onesimus's part. And he's writing to Philemon, right? And he's saying, hey, receive this guy as a brother in the Lord, right? Maybe he wasn't profitable to you at first, but now he's coming back, etc., and all this. But like there was a heart present there in Paul, and there was a petition made for, for this person, for Philemon, to receive Onesimus as just as if he would receive Paul, just as if he would receive him. Right, And so, what am I talking about right now? How are we going to act when somebody did wrong or did us wrong? Am I going to conform to Christ? Right? I got to interject this right here. Pastor Bill and I, have good conversations, and we these are serious conversations. They can get humorous at times too. But it's like, do we give more grace here, or we give just more <clears throat> truth, <laughs> right? Right, just more structure. Because like I can't mealy mouth and like, oh, you you just so love you so much. No, that is love. Boom. But this thing I'm talking about right here, what? How am I going to treat my brother? or my sister, when they've done wrong, or they wrong me. I'm not talking about the prayer line up here. <laughs> I'm not talking about, whoo, whoo, like a, just fell on me. Whoo. No, I'm talking about on Wednesday or Thursday when you're at work. What's falling on you then? No music's playing, Right? But the good news is he's the same there as he is here, right? And he's destined us to be conformed to his image. And you don't have to try to do that. You can't do that. You got saved by grace. You will grow by grace. You can't just do it in your own rationality or reasoning or logic or effort or your own self-will. You, you yield to him. But he's the one that strengthens you and that supernaturally empowers you to be able to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets you, right? By his strength. Because then at the end of the day, it's like, ain't nobody going to boast. That's what I'm paraphrasing. Nobody's going to boast. Like, oh, I did it. I believe God. Nope. The grace of God saw us through. Right. So, in the very first few verses of that book of Philemon, Paul is writing to him and he says, like, I'm hearing reports of your faith and of your love, how much you love the brethren. And he talks about how much the brethren are refreshed by you. And I read that the other day, and then we were praying, too, and I was like, man, yeah, that reminds me of what I heard when I was back in my 20s at Ramah, praying about people. Surround them with faith and love. Surround them with faith and love. Surround who? Well, according to Galatians 6, verse 1, says, you who are spiritual, restore your brethren or sistren if they're overtaken in a fault, right? So I wonder what it feels like to be surrounded with faith and love. Probably different than being surrounded with fear and judgment. You old rascal, I knew you weren't serious. Bless God. (laughs) Get away from me. I don't want that on me. Oh, really? That don't sound like my savior to me. I'm like, hey, for you, right? Oh, get away from me. I don't know. That sounds like those 
that religious crew that avoided the Samaritan or the, the guy in the ditch. So, surrounding one another with faith and love. <clears throat> I just wrote down a few things. With faith and love, not fear and judgment. Surrounding one another with unction, not questioning. Well, I wonder what, I wonder about, I wonder if they did, what, what, would you shut up? <laughs> You're obviously not hooked up with the unction right now. Because that unction is like, oh, savrebi, the mercy seat, the blood of Jesus. Screaming out, crying out. I paid a high price for that person. Who in the... Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you that... Not not us. (laughs) That person I'm talking about. Are you that person like, hey... Please forgive me that $100,000, okay? Okay, thank you, I appreciate it. And then like, hey, where's that 100 you owe me? Where's that 100? It's like. <laughs> stupid or what? You know? God, like, man. Sometimes, seriously, sometimes I don't get that. I really don't. I truly don't. I'm like, what? What planet are you from? I don't know if it's just because I've counseled a while, but I'm like, I don't know how they got into that. I, I thought we knew. That. I know how they got into it. Because I, I read my Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 says, we do not have a high priest. Oh, King James says, we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just as we are. You're never going to go to Jesus, right? It's like, oh, oh, God, thought I knew you. I don't know how you got into that. Boy, you shocked me. Like, no, he knows that you were but flesh. But you got the Holy Ghost in you. <laughs> the question would be, are we living like he's in us? Or is it just like we're living like he ain't never even come? No condemnation, no condemnation. <laughs> but if I'm only praying in tongues about seven minutes a week, it's like, <sighs> I won't let it come out of my mouth. But somebody might say, well, that was a waste. Why not do all that? Why not pay all that money to go to Disneyland? Right? Right. So anyway, there, there, Access it. It's there. The strength is there. The power is there. That communion is there. That love is there. So <clears throat> do we surround one another with, with the supply we have to give or just, or just suspicion? Why do they keep doing that? Why aren't they doing that? I'm concerned about them. Are you praying? Are you seeing them? for the gift that's in them? Are you seeing them for the potential that God sees in them? And you seeing them for what God says about them? And not just through my human reasoning and opinion and personality, likes and dislikes and preferences and all that. No, I won't. I want to take the heart of an intercessor. I want to take, I want to walk in the heart of a disciple, of a Savior, who's my mentor that gave his life. Now, if he's my, if he's the one that's discipling me, if he's discipling me, this phrase came, If we have a heart for him, we'll have his mind for them. If we have his heart for him, we'll have his mind for them. Who's them? When and then. (laughs) Right? 
Oh, I have a heart for Pastor Mark. Right? I want to serve Pastor Mark. Very respectable. I'm super blessed to do that. But if I treat, <laughs> I won't be working here tomorrow. <laughs> be gone tomorrow. If I treat Miss Amy disrespectfully or I don't treat his kids or his family, right? I think there's some verses over in 1 John that talk about you say you love God, but if you hate or you disrespect, you don't treat your brother like you're lying. You're deceiving yourself. Like, oh, I want to bless you. We do. This is just sort of the way I am, I think, but I believe it's God too. A lot of times I think, I don't, I don't always pay attention to how, to how do people treat those that are, that are here. I want to know how you treat this person over here that can do nothing for you. That's what to me is just going to reveal who you are. I don't want to get in some guessing game. Now I'm judging, knowing why you're doing what you're doing. You're just trying to self-promote. Let's shut up. That's, that's another enemy's trap. That's not any good. I just want to make sure I'm not doing that, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, let me read, read one more. One more thing I wrote down here goes along with this that I wrote in Philemon. It's about that faith. Faith in the chief shepherd cannot be separated from love for his followers. Because Philemon, right, he, he was writing, right, that, that was being written to him saying, hey, I heard of your faith and I heard of your love, Right? So your faith in him and your love for his people. So you really, in the context of what I'm talking about, you really cannot separate, oh, I got faith in him. I can't separate that in love for his followers, right? But really, you have faith in him. I'm going to be there. I'm going to follow him. Okay. Last thing here. Well, say last thing. Last thing for me, anyway. Okay, yeah. Let, let me let me read let me read a little bit of this here. Mm. Uh, God, yeah. This, if time was to this here. Mm. Mm. Just read a few different things out of here. <clears throat> we may be weak. Let me back up. Let us be satisfied with the blood that it is there and that it is enough. We may be weak, but looking at our weakness will never make us strong. No trying or effort to feel bad in doing penance will help us to be even a little holier. There is no help there. So let us be bold in our approach because of the blood. Lord, I do not know fully what the value of the blood is, but I know that the blood has satisfied thee. So the blood is enough for me, and it is only my plea. I see now that whether I have really progressed, whether I have really attained to something or not, is not the point. So in other words, that's trying to feel good, trying to get effort to feel accepted. That's not the point. I'll read one more portion here. There's some great things. I've, I've had this book many years, but there's great truths in here that the blood was not just for us. The blood was for the Lord. Right? When, he, when they put the, put, in Exodus 12, the Passover, when they put the blood over the doorpost, right? The people were inside, they're eating the lamb, but he's the one that's seeing the blood. He says, when I see the blood, 
right? The death angel will pass over, right? So he's the one that sees the blood now. The blood is for him, it's for us too, but it's not just for us. There was justice that needed to be satisfied. There was justice that needed to be paid. There was a price that needed to be secured in order for you to be able to approach boldly for all of your days. And that price was that he needed to see the blood. And I promise you, he sees the blood now. He's satisfied. He's not asking for more payment. He's not asking for another sacrifice. That one that was made is sufficient. He wants you to believe that with your spirit, with your heart, and, and, and act upon that. In, the way, in your thoughts, your language to yourself, the way you see other people as if it really mattered, as if it really counted. And it, it is sufficient. Last thing we'll read right here, and then Pastor Bill, Pastor Dove, y'all have anything? Let me know here. Hebrews 10, 29. Miss Jan, can you, can I use your phone when you get that? Hebrews 10, verse 29. Oh, it don't matter. It don't matter. Probably don't matter. You got it? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to read verse, uh, verse 28 also. Any person who has violated and thus rejected and set at naught the law of Moses is put to death without pity or mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse, sterner, and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed, thus profaning it and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. You, uh, let me see if I show of hands. How many of you have read that verse before? Okay, about, a, about an eighth of the crowd. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I always, when I always read that verse, for most all of my life, to probably a couple years ago, <clears throat> it was all like, wow, that's a stern warning, right? About, man, I don't want to, I don't want to count his blood for what he did for me that way. But then this whole perspective, like we're talking about tonight, where this comes in. Who shall trample underfoot the blood of Christ and count his death whereby his brother was sanctified an unholy thing and done despite unto the spirit of grace through his resistance and refusal to honor his covenant established upon blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. The sin of unforgiveness denies Christ's substitution and defies him who sent him. It's a disrespectful disregard of his working as an annoyance. Meaning, that may not be that exact what the Holy Spirit had in mind, but I don't know. That seemed to be quickened in my heart one day, and I believe that's applicable. I don't want to, if you've done wrong, done me wrong, I've seen somebody overtaken in a fault, such forth, I don't want to act like I have no idea how you could do that, etc. No, I want to not count the blood wherewith you were sanctified and, and saved as an unholy thing. And how would that be revealed? Through my actions of how I communicate with you and how I speak with you or how I look at you, right? So if I'm not counting his blood as an unholy thing, how can I interact with you? I can interact to you like I'm representing the one who died for you. Amen? Let's stand up.
Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead, and he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.